Mothers come from all types of backgrounds. Today we are going to talk about a mom who lived a life of prostitution, wasn't even an Israelite, and still became part of Jesus' lineage. Shout out to all the mothers out there and welcome to The Truth Response. Welcome to The Truth Response. We want to welcome back Jasmine. Yeah. yeah. And today, Ooh, I we're... feel like is becoming a normal part of our podcast. So, I think so too. I mean, you're no longer a special guest. Not a special guest. You're just oh, a special, special part anymore. of it. Thanks but for making just... our podcast more normal. <laughs> we needed it. Exactly. I can't do that. Sorry. Today, we're also being filmed, produced in front of a live studio audience <laughs> because Dwayne's here. Yeah, do you hear that? I think it's recorded. Oh, recorded. <laughs> okay. It's recorded. Is the film ready to go? <laughs> I forgot the film. So, my bad. Is it film strip where you're like, beep, time to turn the page? Click the slide. Did you have those in school? Yeah. You yeah. Oh, yeah. I figured out it was probably the last Dude, I'm, I'm from rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, they did some study at some point that said that we were 15 years behind the normal culture. In rural Pennsylvania. That's like her. things, yeah, things that happened 15 years ago were happening. It's almost like time travel. You could travel back in time. Okay, so we're going to go straight to our trivia questions. Because today is our last week uh, of the Mothers series. And I figured it would be cool to have a Bible trivia session. Wait, insert Diddy. Bible women trivia I don't like that one. Okay. Take um, that out. Women make in it, the Bible. Make it stop. Okay. <laughs> and we're going to go. So and we're back. This is open. Anybody who wants to answer can answer. Jesus. Because we've done. Bible. It sounds like a squirrel. Trivia. Um, <laughs> some people think that, that God is able to be woman, but Jesus is pretty confirmed not to be. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Pretty confirmed. <laughs> I mean, he chose he, him. So, anyways, uh, he won't go there yet. <laughs> he chose Maybe he, him. later. <laughs> um, anyways, so, well, I guess the authors did. Is that... Uh, anyways. Um, uh, divine revelation from God, so God chose it. Boom, roasted. And God's Ooh. talked about as he, him. Yes. So. He, him. So the answer isn't Jesus. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. It's Apparently not. It's trivia question. It, it's not Jesus. Okay. At all. Or God. Just for the record, in, in this, I don't think. Did God? Let me look at the answer. Hebrew. Nope. Jesus. It's not Hebrew. It's Hebrew. <laughs> Just so you know. All right. Question number one: Which books of the Bible Ruth and are named <laughs> after women? Ruth and Esther. Yes. Very mm. good. Uh, I can read it through the back. Oh, you <laughs> dorkish fish! Wow. That's why I didn't let you finish it. <laughs> Cheater. I did know the answer to that one. I was like, as soon as I read the answer, I was like, oh, I know what the question is. You know that some people think that Hebrews was written by a woman? The book of Hebrews. Not possible. (laughs) No, I'm not going there. Okay, so second question. What was the name of Mary's cousin whose baby was born just months before Jesus? Yes, Elizabeth. That's my name. (laughs) 
Can we wait for the full question? No. We ask, please. <laughs> nope. This is for them to hear, you know, too. This is more Who fun. is Abraham's wife? Sarah. No, Sarai. Sarai. Yeah. yeah. Sarai. Yeah, there's Sarai. both, actually. It, yeah. Um, both right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I said Abraham's, but it, it says Abrams, so both are So are you're wrong, answers. basically, is I what am you're saying. wrong. Ooh. All right, we have established this. What elderly widow mm. saw baby Jesus at the temple? Ooh, hard question. Anna. Ooh, mm-hmm. good answer. The prophetess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, prophetess. Divine revelation through a and that's a woman. woman. That's a story. That's a, that's a topic for another day, but might be a good one. Um, who was Isaac's wife, the mother of Esau and Jacob? Rebecca, your, your mother. Yeah, your mother, Trebek. What woman was Jacob required to marry before he could marry the woman's younger sister? She was weak on weak, weak in the eyes. <laughs> what woman helped the Israelite spies? Who were scouting out her city of Jericho? Rahab. 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 Which Say is it. going to be our our topic Rahab, of today. Rahab. It's a Rahab. We're going to talk about her. What barren woman was given a child after she pleaded at the temple? And what was her child's name? Oh, this one is a male name in here. Hannah. Hannah. Yeah. No. Hannah Samuel. Hannah Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> oh, we were all staring at him like, what? <laughs> Eli was the priest correct. she gave him to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Eli was in there, <laughs> though. At least you had so the same story. Yeah, I mean, yeah. same story. Yeah. Old points. Uh, what woman brought lavish gifts when she came to visit King Solomon? Queen of Sheba. Dang, good job. Queen Bathsheba? Queen of Sheba. Sheba. What were the names of Naomi's two daughter-in-laws? It's not Naomi. Ruth it's and Orpah. Naomi. Naomi. There. Ruth and Orpah. Can you pronounce sure? all of the names in the Bible? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I can't. <laughs> so. Yeah, especially the ones in Hebrew that we don't have vowel sounds for. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like Thanks, that? Thanks, Derek. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> the only person ever been on my side. And it was only once. So uh, Twice. Well, once and a Don't half. Don't get used to it. Um, what were the names of Timothy's mother and grandmother? Eunice and the other Lois. one. Lois. and Eunice. You got a cheat sheet over there? <laughs> she can read I would have been like, I have too. no idea. <laughs> No, can I you really read through like the back them. of here? No, oh, okay. I can't. <laughs> My recall is just not as fast as you guys, so it takes me a minute. By the time you answer the question, I'm just now he told me what I, the question was. He told me I have to buffer, so I have to what, wait until what after woman, the question's asked to answer it. <laughs> what woman conspired with her husband to lie about the sale price of some land? Sapphira. <laughs> I pronounce it Safira, but I think you're right that's on fine. that. Like, I don't know. No, I, I do. I think you're right. I think that's how it's yeah. pronounced. It's definitely that way. That's how the song says it. Yeah. Ananias and Safira got together to conspire. Because Safira doesn't rhyme. I've never so. heard that Ananias song. and Safira. Oh, it's, like, song. it's an old song. It's a great Sunday song. school song. <laughs> in the book of Acts, oh, who was the businesswoman <laughs> who dealt in fine purple fabrics? Lydia. Lydia. Can you see it? Lydia. I, I would not answer any of these right. This is like this bad. Stuff. What woman, along with her husband, accompanied Paul to Syria? 
Priscilla. Priscilla and Aquila. I actually it's went to Syria. Aquila and Priscilla. But Aquila and Priscilla, it's got to be. You gotta it's got to be. Yeah. Aquila. Aquila. Why would somebody say that? Aquila. I like He's that just name. trying to be cool. Aquila? <laughs> well, it's like Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. Aquila. Next boy. It's like I got to sneeze. Next question. Aquila. What woman acted quickly to no avert more. much bloodshed after her husband disrespected King David? Abigail. I think you guys can read through here. You guys know too much Bible. <laughs> Dude, I was actually just reading Second Samuel. First Samuel, Second Samuel. All right. I know. I know stuff. Lizzie will get this one right. Let Lizzie answer this one. No. <laughs> what is the name of the prophetess? Deborah. <laughs> in the book of Judges who led Israel into a successful battle. Yeah, Deborah. What's the name of the woman who drove the pant... The- Pant leg. <laughs> no, the tent peg. The pant leg? <laughs> the, not the pant leg. The tent Drove peg. that pant leg right through his temple. I mean, that, that's Dude, talent, really man. That's, that, that would take divine intervention right there. Uh, What's her name? JL. Yeah, you know it. Which is probably not the right accent. Yeah, the right pronunciation either. Isn't that, isn't that your daughter's middle name? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was the name of Moses' mother? Moses' mother. Jockey bed. Mm. I didn't know how to pronounce it, but that's right. Yep. That's better pronouncing than I would have Boom. done. I, I would have stumbled through that one. All right. My favorite name in the Bible. What expert Lizzie is not in the Bible. Was brought back Dorcas! to life after Peter paid, <laughs> prayed for her. Dorcas. Dorcas. I had a Dorcas. What's also known as Tabitha. Tabitha. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Dorcas was a dorm room in my What woman in the Old it Testament... It was a male dorm room. <laughs> Even weirder. What woman in the Old Testament was thrown down out of a window... Jezebel. ...and yeah, died... Eaten and by the dogs. never buried. She was eaten by the dogs. And they I'm, ate I'm, her I'm, flesh. I'm. How many more questions do you have? This is the last one. <laughs> oh, thank you. What was the name of the servant girl who overjoyed that Peter was knocking on the door? Knock, knock, knocking on Peter's door. Hi, 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 yeah. Axel Rose. That, like, actually, like, closed the door and, like, was like, hey, <laughs> he's here. Does she have a name? What did you, what did you say again? I Peter. didn't I'm, the question. I, I think overjoyed. you got that answer from the Book of Mormon, which what makes it, the therefore, incorrect. What was the name of the servant girl who overjoyed that, who was overjoyed that Peter was knocking on the door? Didn't she, like, close the door again? And yeah, she closed the door and, and left, like, him, hey guys. left Jesus out there. Uh, Peter. Peter out there. Wait, it's not no. Rhonda. Help me, Rhonda. Rhoda. 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 That's R-H-O-D-A. Rhoda the robot. Rhoda? 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 I don't know. How would, how would you pronounce it? Because we'll pronounce it the opposite. <laughs> Basically is what I'm getting to. Yeah. I would pronounce it Rhoda. Then you're wrong. Okay, so it's definitely Rhoda. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what I would pronounce it to. So. Queso, not my, my favorite case. woman's name in the Bible. Queso? My favorite name in the Bible. You just said queso. <laughs> Was that prophetic? <laughs> I think it may have been. I'm pretty sure we need queso now. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Pepper time? Um, so my Lizzie favorite doesn't like that queso. name in the Bible, not my favorite woman's name in the Bible, but favorite name is Eutychus. You know, because mm-hmm. Eutychus too. If you fell out the second store window, the second store window, <laughs> Eutychus, Eutychus. Oh, Eutychus. Eutychus. 
<laughs> because too, if you fell out the second story window and died, Boom. which really isn't true because you'd be dead. <laughs> but you might on the way down. Yeah, that's Maybe. true. It's very possible. Second story is pretty quick fall. I don't know. Yeah. Second story is kind of a quick fall. <laughs> Son of a biscuit eater. <laughs> I mean, there's not a whole lot of time for anything to go through your mind, but. Maybe but second story, though, you might not necessarily die unless you landed on your head. When well, Paul revived like, him, that's fair. Yeah. Well, if you he think was about still it. cussing from the fall. Well, they that, say like for yeah, every yeah. Tw- a ten feet you're up, it's like that's the percentage of you going to die. So it's only twenty percent. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. Uh, obviously, the odds hey, didn't. We don't want well that kind of language on this podcast. Really he probably landed on his head. So don't quit cussing in Hebrew, okay? So what are we talking about today? I don't know. Are we just going to continue to ramble on about? Three, three conversations Bible. all at the same time. <laughs> Bible topics and things. Yeah, Rahab. So now just I, silence. I, I, yep. Rahab. Now, yep, just uh, Lizzie's going to take 40 more minutes away. of silence uh, now. Where are we at? Okay, so we're in Joshua chapter 2. Joshua. Starting in verse 1. It's Joshua titled two. Rahab and the Spies. Rahab dun, dun, dun. and the Spies. Are you going to be as, you know. No. Okay. I'm not as cool as Nick. Oh, you got to be dramatic. <laughs> then Joshua, son of Nun. That's right, son of none. So uh, was secretly he a son of someone? sent two spies from. I really don't want to say this <laughs> word. Um, Shittim? Say it. Shittim? Shatim. Shatim. Yeah. Say it. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent. This message to Rahab, bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come out to come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. You may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax flax she had laid out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of the Jordan. As soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in the country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt and what happened at Sion and Og and the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven and above and all the earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father, my mother, my brother, and my sisters, and all who belong to me, and that you will save us from death. Our lives are for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't Tell them what we are doing. We will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by rope through the window for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. She said to them, go to the hills so the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves for three days until they return and then go on your way. Now the men said to her, the oath you have made us swear will not be binding on us unless when we enter the land you have tied a scarlet cord in the window through which to let us down and unless you have brought your father and mother, your brother and your family into your house. If any of them go outside your house into the streets, their blood will be on their own heads. We will not be responsible. As for those who are in the house with you, their blood will be on their heads. If a hand is laid on them, but if if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied. Let it be as you say. So she sent them away, and they departed, and she tied the scarlet cord to her window. 
Okay. Are you done yet? I I, yep, I, I wanna Good. I wanna point something out that isn't necessarily where we're gonna go with this. All <laughs> right. This means we're gonna talk about it for the next forty minutes. Right. Uh. So it says then she let them down the rope through the window, for her house was built into the city wall that she lived, so that she lived in the wall. Did you ever see that movie, The People Under the Stairs? It's kind of like that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. <laughs> Two thoughts. One. Probably wrong. You got a window in the side of your wall. Not a very good wall, right? <laughs> Second thought. Did all the walls fall but that one? I mean, that part of that wall couldn't have fallen if, if her house I was I mean, that's how it happened protected. in VeggieTales. That part of the wall didn't fall? Yeah. I don't remember the VeggieTales version, but yeah. I just had never thought about that. I always just pictured all the walls falling in, right? Like no, she it, her house was part of the wall. Right. I never. I just imagined it being like somewhere in the middle, somewhere. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess I never read that closely. Wasn't thinking about that. You know. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about that either. So like all the walls fell, but where her that house part. was. Yeah. <laughs> And be like, oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be effective, the entire wall didn't have to fall down. That's true. It just had to be mostly down for armies to be able to rush in, right? I mean, yeah. I'm sure even places where it fell, it was piled up with rubble and you couldn't get through, but there were places where they could still get through. And mm-hmm. I still pictured it all just falling inward. Uh, Shoot people. With slings? Man, random fact, but slings were like ancient, like forty fives. Man, <laughs> they seriously, wow. like they go through you, man. That 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 rock will go through you. Same 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 power. They were trained more than what we. I mean, just one of us take a sling and try to chuck it. It's not gonna, but. Doing a research on King David. Anyways, okay, so to the story. Go ahead, Lizzie. Oh, I finished that? that part. Yeah, you did. You missed I it. it. What was the conclusion? You just so, on the radio. <laughs> I taught. I taught. I taught Lizzie's daughter to say what the crap when things go wrong. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Good story. laughs> and then Ooh, she walked into the man. office and looked at Derek Tennant and was like, "What the crap?" <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. It's you and I are going to have a conversation now. This podcast. <laughs> no, I was just mentioning the fact that all of the walls fell except for the part where Rahab's house was. So yeah, I so, never thought about that before. So. so there's some theory with the way that the walls were constructed and in the excavations that they've done is that the walls were built in sections. It wasn't completely interlaced together. They would build walls in sections. That way they could expand the borders of those walls if they ever needed to without having to deconstruct the entire wall. So what happened was just the sections of the wall fell down, not the entire wall itself. Oh. Interesting. So, and there's some, some archaeological proof of that. It's pretty fun, pretty cool, pretty sweet. Awesome. Okay. I'm glad. I just wanted to add my two cents to that, so I had to bring that back. No, hey, that's, cause this is all new news to me, and I've read this story a hundred times. Yeah. So, sure, read a hundred more. Every time, find something new out. You know? What the crap? <laughs> Wow. 
Okay. Go ahead, Lizzie. No, so, I mean, at this point, <laughs> he's no longer says, allowed to be around you know, my kids. <laughs> it says, what life did Rahab live? That of a prostitute. So she was a prostitute. So probably, like, not very high in society. Very, I don't know. Because she's not part of the Israelites. Maybe she was in a higher position in society than if she would have been part of Israel. Well, that's why she lived in the wall, too. Mm-hmm. That's where all the not-so-favorable people lived, yeah. were in the wall. Yeah, I mean, they're the... Outcasts of society. First people going to get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and the, know, like. the, Well, the walls were also layered. There was two walls that were built around, and then you would live... There was housing in between the two, which mm-hmm. is where Rahab would have been oh. with all that. But she wasn't just a prostitute. She also ran a brothel. So she was the brothel to mm-hmm. I say the queen prostitute, the top madam. dog, the, the madam. So madam. was she like the mother of prostitutes? The like mother of prostitutes? To them, you mean? Mm-hmm. No, like she was the head. She wasn't like the right. first. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but she was yeah. the head one. Yeah. yeah, I guess in yeah. some ways, yeah, she would be. Yeah. But I like up to this point, like there's nothing mentioned about her having family and stuff, which we'll read later. That um, headmistress, maybe that's a school. It's a, a madam. madam. A madam. They're I keep telling madams. you, but you don't believe me. Yeah, I it's don't madam. believe you. <laughs> Why would you know that? That's a weird. I watch thing. a lot of movies. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You've watched a lot of movies. Lizzie's response is, "I've read a lot of books." So you all just. I, I am uncultured. I think I that am, might be. I am an uncultured ones. swine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that might be like. But it, yeah, it is. Like it might be an English term, but I mean, yeah. okay. it's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to go on. And we on don't about speak it. English here. We speak American. But good point. Yep. I yeah. see her in this context as like the protector of her family, which is what we think of mothers, because she's like, okay, I'm helping you and I'm saving you, but like, I gotta watch out for my family, because it says um, her mothers and brother, her father, mother, brothers and sisters you know, spare their lives. Like, if she's found out, she risks all of that. All of her family, every everybody who's, if she's a madam, everyone who works under her, if she's caught, like, she loses everything. I also think her status wasn't too low because, like, they listened to her. Well, I she mean, also... But that that can be interpreted in her just being cunning because... She tells them, "Oh, they left here, so you should hurry and go find them." Like sure, but like instead they of just searching did my it. house, yeah. Like they're like, "Oh, okay." Like yeah, go. You know, like they didn't then just search the house. You yeah. know, like they just went. Mm-hmm. So she had to have been trusted to some degree. Yeah. I don't know if I'm... If you don't have integrity, like... I don't know if I'm holding on to that too much, If you don't have the integrity, though, why wouldn't they have just searched the house? Because they were too busy trying to catch these guys because they were so afraid. How many people did they send after them? They had to have sent more than one. Yeah. I mean, one person searches, one person goes and chases. It was probably a a group of Mm -hmm. guys, you know? So, I mean, could have easily split up. Well, Jericho also wasn't an incredibly well-fortified city either. Like, we're not talking Jerusalem in the mix of this. We're not talking, like, big, prominent city. Like, Jericho is not big. If you go there and you you look at the remnants of it, like, it's 
a few blocks, a few city blocks. So it shouldn't have taken very long to search the house. That's what I'm saying. She had they have had to have trusted her to some degree in order Maybe they were worried about just, what they would find. Oh. Really? You think so? Bah, they probably bah, freaked Well, I was going to say yeah. that probably That's, they have more of a client relationship with her. Yeah. And you know, like I said, trusted they, her. They are, yeah. are used to looking the other way whenever yeah. she says something. Yeah. Well, and women didn't weren't very well trusted in well, I guess that wasn't necessarily Jewish culture at that point, no. but can can I? Well, no. Yeah. I mean, the other cultures they had women running them at times, even like yeah, Queen of Sheba. Like head, I mean, that's pretty good. Had priestesses yeah. and all that stuff, like yeah. Okay, just saying. But um, but I also wanted to bring up in maybe Joshua they maybe six. they bribed her too. Maybe they knew. Maybe they knew like. We'll throw a couple dollars her way. We'll overlook a couple things that she got going on. If she tells us where they went. There had been some kind of trust, whether it was client, you know, trust or just she's never really steered them wrong before, you know. Yeah. She's looked the other way before, you know. We can trust her to tell us the truth. That's what I'm saying, not necessarily. But, and two, like, if you're a citizen of a city, don't you want what's best for the city in general? Yeah, you definitely, like, especially you if your house is in the spies, wall. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't want spies to come in, so to destroy your livelihood, destroy your city, destroy everything you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, pretty good. It's pretty but good. I wanted to hop down to Joshua six twenty five, um, and it says, "But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family and all who belonged to her, because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies to Jericho, and she lived among the Israelites to this day." So here is Rahab, this prostitute who most people would be like, yeah, not really part of this society, not somebody that's in good standing. And she becomes part of the Israelites. And then we read later in Matthew in Jesus's lineage, she is one of the five women that are given name in Jesus's lineage. Only four of them are given names. Um, But she is named as as the mother to Boaz. And as we talked about earlier, Boaz, as we've mentioned earlier with books of the Bible that are, have female names, Ruth, um, the story of Ruth, Ruth married Boaz. So her son is part of this Jesus's lineage. And in that she is part of Jesus's lineage, which is kind of cool. Yeah. No, that's totally a crazy thing to think about, you know, because she went from prostitute to this mother of these generations that eventually led to Jesus. Like this woman who probably people thought was not worthy of loved, unlovable, like not worthy of being a part of, you know, this great story of, of God's and of Jesus. God used her. And was prominent enough that, mm-hmm. I mean, they felt it was important to, important put in- to, List in the lineage. Yeah. I mean, whenever you're talking like, you know, listing out, writing out a lineage, they're not writing it like today in our modern, the way we think about writing about people. Yeah. Like, this was... This son had, you know, this guy had this son, and this son had this son, and this son had... Like, this is right. what most of it is. It's not following the female. It talks about the father and son, and father mm-hmm. and son, and father and son, but, mm-hmm. I mean he made a point to point out the women that were pointed out Mm -hmm. and Rahab was one of them. Mm -hmm. 
I think that's really relevant because you have so many people who they have, they might not have a history like three generations of followers of Jesus. And they might be like that first generation mm. and they might come from something as bad as prostitution or worse. Yeah. And it shows how your lineage can start with you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be so concerned with mm-hmm. what you used to do or who you were. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When you think about how she raised her son, that her son takes takes in this foreigner lady to be his wife who, like, he has compassion. He has, yeah. like, yes. you know, sees where she's at and and chooses to love her and stuff and chooses to get married to her. Like, like how good would that feel as a mom? Like, exactly. when, when your kids are adult and seeing your, your child just do the right thing and make the right decision and then make the right choices. Not only that, but, like, I mean, obviously it doesn't necessarily talk about how they were received mm. by the general public, yeah. but the assumption is that they just welcomed her. You know, like, I mean, they were... She lived as part of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, enough so that, I mean, Jesus came from the lineage, you know, mm-hmm. came down the line from, from her, so... Yeah, you feel like... If anyone, if they were going to hide anybody from Jesus' lineage, it would be the prostitute. <laughs> that was not an Israelite. Yeah. Like. A foreigner. A foreigner prostitute. Right. <clears throat> but what did she know? What did she know? She like, knew God. She yeah. She knew that God was going to destroy them. <clears throat> and she knew that God was real. That's a bold revelation. It really yeah. is. In a, in sure. a place of... of Number one, in the profession she's in. And then number two, because of just the pagan worship that she would have been exposed to and, and lived in. You know, Rahab is a, is a Canaanite name. Like, she mm-hmm. grew up in that culture. She understood all of the and sacrifices that they did. Like want, she, I wonder, too, because a lot of prostitution, I think, at that time was connected to temples and stuff like that. Sure. So was she part of some other religion, religious that did that as part of it? Brings to mind a thought about something we talked about a couple weeks ago when we was it last week when we talked about um, uh, Ishmael. Mm. I mean, that's. I mean, Ishmael split, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean they knew God at, to mm-hmm. some extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I wonder if. There was some of that that ended up trickling into the knowledge of some of it. Because, I mean, you're talking about, like, a people that had wandered for 40 years just before this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then were slaves for 400. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. But well, the Canaanites had been in the land for far beyond that. because you Right. But they weren't necessarily well, subject to the God of the Israelites. No. You know? No, I mean, at not. this point. Like, and I think, and honestly... Uh, her faith was probably stronger than a lot of the Israelites because she's bringing up that, like, you know, we heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you to get from Egypt, which would have happened 40 years before, and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites. Like, oh, yeah. she'd heard about this. She hadn't seen it. The Israelites <laughs> had seen it and still doubted God. And here she was hearing about it. She's like, faith. their God, yep. their God is the one. Yep. But I think that's where her faith started. Yeah. I yeah. don't think she followed God before. No, yeah. Sure. She met the spies. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have been a prostitute we, then. We definitely don't I, know. I could, I could yeah. subscribe to yeah. that. Well, I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah. But I mean, you, you don't. Yeah. If you don't know, you know, if if you're if you're ignorant of something, then then you don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, if you don't know that something is wrong necessarily until you are told that it's wrong, why would you necessarily change it? Right. You know. So if if God hadn't necessarily been brought to them, it doesn't mean that she couldn't have, you know, maybe followed to some degree before mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, I don't know. That's really interesting. That's something yes. I never thought about before either. Mm-hmm. I mean, for all we know, could have been brought, a revelation could have been brought to her, mm-hmm. you know, before that too. Yeah. I don't know, or in the midst of, you know, who knows? But. Yeah. And it's almost like the, well, she said we have heard how, you know, so I'm assuming she's talking about like the people in general, not just herself or like people around her, which mean these stories have spread and like they actually are in fear of Israelites because of these stories. And yet the Israelites don't s- s- turn away from God over and over again, even though they've seen it and they've been part of it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was a big enough deal that the other countries, like, these people were afraid. They feared. And it says they melted in fear when they when they came across them, when they heard these stories and stuff, like. All right, so for a second, just mm-hmm. sit back and think about the irony. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like. That's all I'm thinking all about. All the spies that got sent into the land, you know, 40 years ago, and then they were all, like, afraid of all the giants in the land, you know, or whatever, and, like. Mm-hmm. Then this flipped around, and now some of these guys are afraid of... I don't know. I just think that it just proves that God would have just given them the land Mm -hmm. the first time, had they just listened. You know, like... Mm -hmm. They just would have given it to them, you know? Like, it would have been so. And and it it was so at this point, you know? Like, he just... Lizzie, were you mm -hmm. talking about how the Canaanites, like, they already... They believe much greater than the Israelites. That reminds me of, like, the Gentiles. Oh, yeah. Like, it was... The Gentiles took it so serious. Mm -hmm. And to be grafted into the lineage, like... Mm -hmm. Even though it doesn't take the place of the Israelites, but sometimes when you're not born into this greatness... It's almost like you expect it? Exactly. Like, you you feel entitled. Like, I mean, it's... Mm -hmm. This is what we are, so yeah. yeah. God's going to take me however I am. But then when you're on the outside and you've lived this life of not having God with mm-hmm. you from the beginning, I think you might have more of a reverence, a genuine think, reverence or appreciation yeah. that, oh, he would actually care about me, yeah. little yeah. old me, when you're born, when you're a Israelite. It's like, yeah. well, and, and of course you care about me. <laughs> yeah, and I, you see that with who Jesus hung out with. He hung out with the outcasts, the, the people that in society that were considered unlovable yes. or un, unforgivable even. What they've done was so bad, and here he was hanging out with them. And he's like, and he's like they get it. I'm going to them because they get it. They see what they're doing wrong and are changing their ways. You, the Pharisees, you're not getting it. You don't understand that you're not all this perfect and doing everything right like like it's just it's just crazy to me because it's the the, i guess the entitlement that the pharisees felt and like a lot of the religious leaders felt that like they're so beneath me that like 
I would be just tainted from being around them. And here is Jesus going to them and being like, hey, you know, here, come follow me. And then, I don't know. It's just a cool... Let's take it a step further. People who are born and raised in the church. Mm-hmm. You see it in them and their walk versus somebody who has come from a life of not walking with God, not mm-hmm. knowing God. They desire to just soak up as much of God as they can possibly get. Whereas, for instance, me, like I find myself sometimes struggling just to read scripture because it's like I've read lame. it. Lame. Well, yeah, it is lame. It really is. I mean, <laughs> wow. like just, just the fact that like I've read it, you know, mm-hmm. I've read it several times. Like I, I've studied it. I went to school to study it. Like since I was a, born you know i was raised in the church i was bounced on my lead deacon's knee because i'm baptist and Mm. deacons are see that's the problem right so like i was i was bounced on his knee and he was telling me how much i was going to be a missionary at like the age of two you know like that's that's where i was raised and i see like how it's like i i know this stuff Mm. i mean the focus is trying to live it but then you see somebody who wasn't raised in it come to faith and they're soaking it up and trying to live it, you know, mm-hmm. like they're, they're just trying to soak up as much. And it feels like there's a fire that is so much more, it looks so much more lit, you know, mm-hmm. than no pun intended. Um, Get lit. I, I don't use those terms cause I don't understand fire, them. Fire. Fire. <laughs> Get lit. <laughs> Like what's the pop. thing that the she she what's that she, bears? she no the little shenanigans i don't know i don't know tiktok they do it all the time we are not on tiktok only you <sighs> yeah <laughs> shame on all of you anyways <laughs> we're of the lame generation all we do is just read scripture all day yeah okay so yeah unlike TikTok some people has been we're not even by our generation <laughs> that's not true so <laughs> anyways no you're but yeah even. no i mean <laughs> we're all heathens <laughs> But we see that we see that in just today, you know, mm-hmm. like even the the it's easier for for me, all right, to be like oh yeah, you know, the Bible says this. But like people are like, "Oh, this is so great, you know. We this means this and it's they just get so much more excited, I think sometimes yeah. than than somebody who was raised in the church and and always just was you know, taught it and they've known it for so long and, and all that like and it, and it could be that way just you know if you don't continually fight for that fire yeah. you know you gotta stoke the fire stoke the flames constant what i think yeah. um kind of explains this the best that i've seen in the bible is um in luke 15 1 through 7 um it says now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathered around to hear jesus but the pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered the man welcomes sinners and eats with them then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in open country and go after lo- the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulder and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with, rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. I think now, we have to choose. I think when you have the freedom to choose, like, 
people who they weren't raised in the church, when they finally or when they decide to choose Christ, mm-hmm. that choice is theirs. But when uh-huh. you're raised in the church, you never get to really choose. It's like like you said, he told you you're going to be a missionary. Like someone told my son that, which is really funny, because we're all missionaries. Mm-hmm. So it's so yeah. general. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. but people make you think that this is your path and right. I see greatness for you and they're not letting you choose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you take away that choice, that freedom, it's more of a bondage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. You're just walking this path and doing what people told you to do. Mm-hmm. And I think when you realize that you still have a choice, mm-hmm. that fire comes back. And mm-hmm. you won't have to feel like I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Because yeah. I think that's how not the prodigal son, but his brother felt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was, yeah. like, resentful that, uh, like, hello, like, look I at me. Right. Like, <laughs> like, I did everything exactly. right. Like, I did everything right. Why are you doing Which, this? And I think even as children, we naturally feel like that. And sometimes as adults. We feel like that because when you do do the right thing and no one cares, but then someone cares that this prostitute, like, oh, she did something great and everyone cares Mm -hmm. in your brain. Like you do feel indignant. Like you feel like, Mm. why do I need to continue to do the right thing? Mm -hmm. But we have to realize that we do have a choice Mm -hmm. and you've chosen, but it's not that you're doing what someone's telling you to do. You're doing it because you want to do it. And when mm-hmm. you want to do it, you still have sure. freedom in it. Yeah. And that your testimony and the way that you've lived your life, like, I've seen that when people, like, give testimonies and stuff. Some people have these really awesome testimonies about how far they were from God and, you know, drugs, addiction, prostitution, sex, all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, never done any of that. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, and, and it, it almost it almost makes and I see it in, in students and in people like, yeah. they're like, my story is not important enough. My story mm. is not good enough. My story, right. my testimony is not this huge conversion thing. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the church has said that that's okay. Like these stories in the Bible, like some of them, yes, they're like huge conversion stories, but like that doesn't make what you've gone through or your testimony any less significant right. exactly. than somebody it, else's because it's like, it's just as significant. Yeah. And the reason is because, that person may not have heard without somebody like you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Who who right. was is doing their best to just live it, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. the person who who was in that life wouldn't have heard it without somebody else who, who was strong, knows, who was strong in their faith knew Jesus, and like knew, you know, yeah. like whether or not they got pulled out of something else, like. They wouldn't have known enough, or they wouldn't have gotten Jesus without somebody coming in knowing the love of Jesus. Yeah, and that—that's something. Yeah, I absolutely have seen countless teenagers, especially, go down the mindset of, "Well, I just haven't had enough problems." You know, my testimony doesn't matter, and I think it almost gives teenagers an incentive to well, let's seek out problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. my 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 testimony has I'm to. I'm just be working on my testimony. Guys. <laughs> Just working on my test. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know you got to think too. It's a worldly perspective to mm-hmm. look at it and say, yes. um, you know, hey, I, I, I don't game. have yeah. a great testimony because I've lived faithfully to God all these years. Well, guess what? You've also lived and and had rewards mm-hmm. from God. Like God, when you live the way He asks you to live, mm-hmm. your life is better. Mm-hmm. And if you talk to anybody who has one of these dramatic testimonies, 
they don't wish don't, that yeah. they lived that way. They wish they lived the way you did. And it, yeah, and it doesn't make their problems yeah. from that or repercussions from that lifestyle that they chose go away. Exactly. And like if they were addicted, they're, they are they're still considered. And they're seeing the rewards yeah. for living the way God wants you to and realizing, I mean, look at all those wasted years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But know? like the addictions don't go away. Like I, they can say like, this is how many years sober I am or this is how long I've like, done without drugs or whatever. Like, but it's something that they will struggle with mm-hmm. the rest of their lives. Yeah. And you don't see that part in the story. Like, because they want to make it, some some people try and make it like everything is perfect after that or everything. Once they've gotten to God, it's like, but it's not. It's a it's a daily struggle for them mm-hmm. that we don't see yeah. going on beneath the surface. I think sometimes it's easy for those of us who've been in it for a while, who've been <coughs> Christians for a while, to let the relationship go stagnant. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've yeah. talked about it before on the podcast that it's like marriage, right? You, you got to constantly work at it because if you don't of course it's going to fall apart Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of course if you're not constantly working on relationships they're they're gonna drift apart Mm -hmm. it just is how people are things are Mm -hmm. and i think that it it becomes easier like one of the things for especially for for people who work in ministry i think a lot of times one of the easy things to do is to get wrapped up in the things that we do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm more so than the relationship yeah. that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I'm, I'm very excited about the direction our church is going because I feel like it is relational, period. You know, it's, it's everything that we do is about relationships, mm-hmm. whether that's growing a relationship in the family, whether it's a relationship with God, whether it's a relationship with the community. Like, our focus is relationships. Mm-hmm. And... And yes, changed lives is, is a big part of that, but but relationships is how we get there. Mm-hmm. And and that is something that excites me because once you start working on relationships, I feel like it becomes easier to work on all relationships. Mm. Because you're now in a mindset that you've you've you're already doing the work on one relationship. It's not as hard to then slowly mingle over in this relationship and slowly mingle over in this relationship and sometimes even working on just relationships between like you and me helps work on a relationship between me and God Mm -hmm. or us and God you know being able to talk stuff out with somebody and yeah right so whereas you know a new believer they're like ah relationship with God this is amazing Mm -hmm. you know and and they they have a different perspective at that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a perspective that most of us have had at one point. Because once we realize that, you know, hey, we, we get to be in this relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that's one of the things that, that I told the kids a couple weeks ago on Wednesday night was, you know, it's uh, last week too, um, that or this week, I guess, um, was that it's not, uh, the point of Christianity is not heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. It's about a relationship with with the one who created us. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want that, and you don't want anything to do with him, the end result is hell. Mm. Yeah. You know, like that, that's, it's not, that's not the point of it. It's, it's him loving you so much that he allows you to have eternity without him. And with that, you should be content with that. 
Yeah. If, if you're willing to reject the relationship, you should be content with the fact that there, there will, hell is just complete separation from God. Mm-hmm. You should be content with the fact that that's what you will spend eternity in. You shouldn't be, if there's any bit of you inside that is, is wrestling with the, that fact, then maybe you really got to severely question your motives behind that. Mm-hmm. So we get a little selfish and, and we, uh, you know, we, we dive into behaviors and things like that, that and say things like we're, you know, we, we don't want to believe in God, trust in God. There is no God, any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And yet we also want the reward of there being good things on the other side of it too. You can't have your cake and eat it too. Like be content in the fact that you believe that there's not God and live live accordingly, right? right. Well, like, but apply that to anything else. Sure. Like marriage, right? You, you've, you have decided that you no longer want to be married and then people struggle from then on out. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of 10, 99 times out of 100. Mm-hmm with the whole idea of the divorce and they have resentment and they're so angry about it. And it's like, you chose this. Yeah. Like whether right, wrong and different, I'm not talking about that, but you chose it. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta live with it, you mm-hmm. know, accept what you have chosen mm-hmm. to do and, and, or anything. I mean, that goes for anything, you know, like, but that's how I think about it just because of the strong connection between the, the husband and wife, mm-hmm. you know, concept in in scripture is that like you're choosing to not be with jesus Mm -hmm. accept it Mm -hmm. yeah i like that in that model because the marriage is supposed to be a model of our relationship with christ yeah he's our bride yeah so you also chose you chose that person Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we don't choose Christ. Like we don't choose God before we choose the person. Mm-hmm. So that in itself creates a, a horrible foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because now you're putting this person in a spot that God's supposed to be in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. our tendency so often. I, I want to go back to you know, Luke 15. So you started mm-hmm. there in Jasmine, then you, you kind of ended it there with that last story of the prodigal son and, and the discussion of the access and the, the decisions that these two brothers made and how the story, as much as the re- redeeming part is about the prodigal son, mm-hmm. the story is really about the other brother. Mm-hmm. And that's the heart of that parable. That's what Jesus is driving mm-hmm. at is this other brother had full access to the father mm-hmm. at any given moment. And the father even reveals that back to him. Like, Pharisees. when have I withheld anything from yeah. you? I've, I've never withheld a time for you and your, your friends to have a, the same get together that mm-hmm. we're having right now to have a party and mm-hmm. to celebrate. I've never withheld that from you. You've withheld that from you. Mm-hmm. Right. All you and, have to do is ask. And that's the part we miss. And, and I, I would say that's why I we think fall. I that's what the Pharisees missed too. Oh yeah, yeah, for like... sure. Well, that's the point of why Jesus <laughs> yeah. was was telling that parable. Like, you have you have access. You have incredible Every access. Every opportunity. You get to walk into the temple now. Granted, the presence of God was really not there anymore. Yeah. Like because they had perverted it to yeah. that point. But you you know the stuff. Like the you have the law. Like you have this thing that I gave to this people to, to live separated. And and not only that, to show grace to through that. And you chose instead 
to make it a to make it your religion, to make it your a bunch of rules to follow as opposed to a relationship and use it as a condemnation with the father. Other people yeah. To well, condemn people. There's the other the other story too about, you know, the master who has prepared this feast and sure. invited all yeah, these yeah. people that he knew, yep. all his friends and all, all of that. Yep. And none of them showed up. And so he was like, All right, go get all the people on the streets. And anybody else who shows up that I invited, they're not welcome here. Like yep. it's I mean Yeah. Along those same lines, it's just like, mm-hmm. at any point in time, I, I, I wanted you here. Mm-hmm. I wanted you mm-hmm. to be in this mm-hmm. with me. You had every opportunity. You knew the whole time. Yeah. And the focus so often from our side becomes right and wrong mm-hmm. as opposed to what's God showing me in this moment? What's yeah. God? He's building this relationship with me. And these things that are happening in my life aren't happening for no reason. They're happening so that our relationship can get stronger, good, bad, and indifferent, whatever we might be experiencing as well. And when we get disconnected from, from the power source, that's when we have those thoughts and those feelings. Like maybe that, that, that can sum up like where you, you get to, Derek. I can't speak to that because I didn't grow up in the church. But I still have those moments, you know, in my walk with Christ that's 12, 13, 14 years, you know, in the process where I have those ebbs and flows where Mm -hmm. I disconnect myself from the power source and I start to get drained pretty quick. And, uh, you know, what, what what I would maybe point to in the midst of all of that is recognize God's not withholding anything from you. You're withholding yourself from God in those moments. Right. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It doesn't mean you have to sit down and, and, and pour yourself into reading the Bible and, and doing all of those things, because God's going to reveal himself to you with the world around you as well, because he's sovereign over that. He's in control of all of those things. And sometimes it's, what it is, is just change, just change the routine. Get out of the rut. Get out of whatever it is that is pouring into you that might be providing that negative perception that, well, I follow the rules. No, it's not the rules. Right. That is, it's about the relationship, and that's right. so much different than the rules. There are rules that govern relationships, yeah, but it's so much different. Relationships are, are living and vibrant and ever-changing, and they, they never stay the same from moment to moment or, or day to day. They're either going to be, be strengthening or weakening. Uh, the way that you respond to them is going to determine what the outcome is of all of that. Uh, so break the routine, break the rut, break the mundane. Um, change the mindset. Change the mindset. The that's, mindset. That's not be the prodigal son and go pursue, like squander your father's wealth. Like that's not the answer either, but it's find that moment of, of revival. I don't know what that looks like for everybody because it's different for everybody. I, I think I think that it it is different for everybody in physicality, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's different for everybody in mentality. Mm, and, that's fair. And yeah. I think that I think the difference is a mindset of true love versus love for self. Mm-hmm. Because had the brother had true love, he would have been just as excited as the father. Hmm. But instead. He was thinking about himself. Right. It was, it was, it was a. It love was for selfishness self. on both sides, both of the brothers. Sure. It yeah. was selfishness yeah, yeah. that both drove the that. Yeah. the. 
we should be focused more on the exciting celebration mm -hmm. of every single person that could possibly know Jesus. Right. And yet, the only thing that stops us from that is us. Yeah. And and the love that we have for ourselves. Yeah. And and if it's anyone good. says they don't have love for themselves, well, if they're not selfish at all, baloney. That's, that's baloney. Because why why don't you go up to the cashier and say, "Hey, have you do you know Jesus?" That's because you're worried about what they're gonna think of you mm -hmm. every time. And I'm 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 not condemning anybody for it because I I struggle with that too. But we it's a process, right? Mm -hmm. But it's shifting that mindset. And it, it's, we're never going to be perfectly in true, the true love mindset. Mm -hmm. That's for Jesus to do to us after we're dead. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's when we get that, I think. Mm -hmm. but, but it's constantly working on changing that mindset mm -hmm. to be more of the true love mindset and less of the, the me love mindset, mm -hmm. that selfishness. So Jesus. now that we're Jesus. so far the off word. from the motherhood topic. <laughs> I think we're right on track. I think, I think, we are. I think yeah. we're right on track because think... we talked about all the yeah. different all the different yeah. backgrounds yeah, yeah. that could possibly. I mean, like, yeah. we, we tried, we encompassed. Yes. Moms come from everywhere. Yes. All, we all come from everywhere, right? Like, Christians have so many varying backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And nothing in your past makes you any less important, precious, Mm -hmm. lovable to God yep. at all. And in fact, he's here at any point in time mm -hmm. for any of us to just reach out. It's not just those who have walked with him for so long, but it's, it's everyone. He is right there. Until you die, you have every opportunity to just reach out and, and, receive his love you know here you want to talk about mothers first timothy 2 15 but women will be saved through childbearing if they continue faith love and holiness with propriety faith and love and yes and women will be saved them. through childbearing you'll be saved by being a mother no that's not that just the makes context that's not the context <laughs> that's not the context either <laughs> we'll save that for another day but I think it's a, a unique blessing. Sure. Just mm -hmm. like when we get to fathers, I mean, being a father is a unique blessing mm -hmm. that only a father can have. And being a mother, it's a unique blessing that only a mother can have. Mm -hmm. So. And a father can't be a mother and a mother can't be a father. No matter how much you think you can. You cannot. So moms... As much as somebody might think it's right, if you're a single mom and you celebrate Father's Day, you can't fill the void. Dads, you can't fill the void. Yeah, it takes so, both. So definitely an encouragement there is that um, try to try to be open. If you are a single parent, try to be open to seeking out a solid Christian person of that other to mentor to, yeah. to mentor your. To, to mentor your child to, to come in and try to be a little bit of stability. I mean, whether that's just an older, you know, couple, you know, or whatever in the, in, in the church, but like we all need that love from both, uh, both parental figures, you know, mm -hmm. like we all need that, that love, whether that's, you know, a grandpa to their grandkid, 
you know, who is of a single mother, you know, whatever, like, be open to that. Like, that's that's a challenge for, for the single parents out there, both sides of the coin. I mean, I think we, we need to think about both sides of the coin on that one mm-hmm. is, is that's that's a challenge for, for you guys that just be open to to that. Work on being open to that. I, I, I know a lot of single moms, not as many single dads, but I know a lot of single moms that have this mentality that, that like, I have to be the all. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to do it all, because there are people out there willing to come you alongside can't. you. Well, that's, right, that's the right. point. You can't, yeah. but I, I don't want to say it that way. I do. You know, I don't want to say it that way because, like, you don't have to, and I feel yeah. like they feel like they have to. Yeah, yeah. they and, do feel like that. Huh? And they do feel like that. Right. Yeah. And it's more of because nobody else is there. I think mm-hmm. it's more from I- isolation than it mm-hmm. is they choose to do it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. If nobody else is there, all that weight is on you. And even yeah. when you're married, like you feel like there's so much weight on you. But when mm-hmm. you take out that spouse or the significant other, if they don't have a village and they don't have a support system, mm-hmm. then we should encourage them to find support, to yeah. get connected with people, with the church yeah. who they yeah. can provide those elements that a mother can't feel, even though she feels burdened mm-hmm. to do it all because she doesn't have the connections and the yeah. relationships. And and you can't find that without work. I, it you 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 have to work at it. I, it's something I, I I told my sister a a lot in in growing up. Whenever she would be like, I have no friends. I like you have to take that step. You have to you actually have a friend find it. In you have Jesus. to do part of the work too, because you'll like, never find a support system or a friend or whatever without you doing something in that midst. Yeah, you know. Well, you being the support system and friend in. To somebody else well like, that too that like, i think that comes eventually but like yeah. if you're the one we're talking about you're the only one that you can change you mm-hmm. right like you have to seek out a group in order to have a group yeah so lizzie's saying she has to be a friend yeah that's what i'm saying is like yeah. you have well, to right you have right. to be those things if you want those things you have to also yeah. be those things you can't just expect people to do all that stuff you for don't you have no yeah. friends like, oh, whose problem is that you know? it's your fault <laughs> stop being a jerk Really though, well maybe not the stop being, but anyways. You just said really, but but you do. That was you have to. You said, what did you say last? <laughs> yeah, jerk, I, I the jerk part. He disagrees with. <laughs> yeah, Derek, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Almost getting kicked out of LARP. What kind of that's friend a, is that? That's a story for another day. <laughs> that's a story for another day. So. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have the same challenge, same challenge this week, as we've had all for all three of the other weeks, um, and that is reach out to a mom this week, encourage her, love on her a little bit, Sorry. and uh, yeah. Does somebody want to close us in prayer? I'll do it. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for this day, and thank you for this time that we get to discuss your word and talk um, about. Um, just mothers in general and just um, about these things that um, sometimes we forget the love that you have for us and show for us and just um, help us this to be an encouragement to somebody and um, help us uh, to continue to follow the path that you lead lead us down um, and help us to know that you're there uh, even when we fall away to help us back. In Jesus' name pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Well, thanks, guys, for joining us today, and God bless. Hey, thanks for joining us. Make sure to subscribe and give us a like on iTunes and Spotify so that you will never miss a show. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages and make sure you tell your friends about this show. You don't want them to miss out on the truth because we are all about the truth here. Thanks for joining us this week and God bless.